Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And guess what I've got for you today? It's special. It's monumental. It's the entire inner circle here for the first time ever on Talk is Jericho to break down uh, so many things. The stadium stampede from the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, uh, how the inner circle came together, how the stadium stampede came together, uh, how we put it together on Thursday night, filmed it on Friday. Some has never been done in wrestling before, and we made big history because of it. So Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz are going to be joining me here, the whole inner circle. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching the pay-per-view. You can still watch the replay if you haven't seen the stadium stampede. It's one of the best things I've ever been involved with. And you can also watch the replay of the high school reunion episode of the Saturday Night Special uh, that was on last Saturday night. My longtime friends Spewey and Ribo joined me, and we relived all kinds of stupid stories from our high school days. We had a blast. It's on YouTube and on Facebook if you weren't able to catch it live. And the Saturday Night Special will be back this Saturday. Come hang out with me, 9 p.m. Eastern, on Facebook Live and my official YouTube channel. Just search Chris Jericho, and you'll find me and the show. I've got a whole bunch more stories. I'll be answering more of your questions live. It's probably just a, a pure Q&A this week let's do that so we'll do some sing-alongs and just answer all your questions this saturday that's the gimmick for this week all starts 9 p.m eastern on facebook live or on my official chris jericho youtube channel all right the inner circle is waiting but before we get to them i got one more quick thank you to diamond dallas page and ddpy i can't see enough about diamond dallas page and his amazing yoga program uh it's not just your mama's yoga that's for sure it's a whole lifestyle it's a whole way of life a whole mindset and Dallas is so sure you'll love his life-changing uh, uh, program that he's given you a chance to try it for free for seven days. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and get your free trial started. This is the perfect time for this. I mean, we're still kind of under lockdown. More importantly, gyms are just opening up. And if you don't feel right in going out into a gym, it's the perfect time to do DDPY. And you don't have to do it at home. You can go outside into a park and do it. I've done it outside many times. Uh, or, you know, uh, wherever, wherever you want to do it. You want to do it in your, in your, in your bedroom or in your living room or uh, at your friend's house or wherever it may be. You can literally do this anywhere. So I want you to give it a try because DDPY will not only help your physical health, but it's going to help your mental health, helps clear your mind in this crazy world that we're living in right now. So check it out. Get on the path to healthy living today. Download the DDPY app and get started for free. Uh, that's what DDP uh, is willing to do for you. Now, just go give it a try. There's no more excuses. This will help you. Uh, it's got the Chris Jericho stamp of approval. Go check it out and try it now. Well, we're, we're just going to get started right now. We've, this is great because we have all the inner circle here uh, talking, uh, hanging out. And it took us about uh, 17 and a half minutes to get us all up and running. <laughs> But that's we're not uh, technical wizards. We're uh, and now Jake's got his mic off. I think. Can you hear us, Jake? Yeah, I was just muting it because they, uh, they were running around. Sorry. Oh, perfect. Okay, so yeah, if your kids are running around, stick it on the on the mute. Cool. Yeah. So uh, we wanted to get uh, uh, on 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 today, and we're on Zoom, but this is just for talk is Jericho to talk about. Uh, well, I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about the Stadium Stampede match, which a lot of people are saying is one of the best matches ever in the history of the business. And also talk about kind of the inner circle and how all of this came to be and all of this came to about. So I'll just start the moment that I came to AEW. The idea was for me to have a faction. Tony Khan really wanted that and thought it was a good idea. 
And I've never had a faction before. I've had tag team partners and I've had, you know, uh, this, that, nothing, but kind of being the leader of a faction kind of stood out to me. So I thought it was a good idea. So then we have to figure out who are we going to get involved in this and throw around different ideas and come up with kind of this whole uh, amazing group that we have. So I guess let's just kind of go through Sammy. How did you find out about the inner circle uh, and that you're going to be a part of it? It was probably like a all out weekend. It was a uh, Nick Jackson. He's like, you know, you're going to be in this group. And I'm like, I thought he was ribbing me. Right. I'm like what group? He's like, you're going to be in a, in a big faction with uh, Jericho. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I heard just a little bit of talk about that, but it's wrestling. So you don't know anything until it actually happens. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then when it finally, that day, it was like, all right, here's what's happening at the end of the show on the first episode of Dynamite. It's like, whoa, this is a real thing. Well, it's funny because, like we mentioned, I saw you on a NWA show. I, w- I watched Cody versus um, uh, Aldis. Nick Aldis. Yeah, yeah. And so I just was watching, and I saw you on it. And I text Tony and Cody. I said, "This is Sammy Guevara guy. We should we should bring him in." So it was kind of right from the start that I kind of had an eye on you. But the first choice—I I can't even remember who the first choice of of the different guys were. But I know at one point I was like. I'd like to have MJF. They said, well, he's going to do his own thing. And I think, well, then I think Sammy's kind of the same idea. I wanted a young kind of upcoming charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. Then I wanted a tag team. And one of the ideas that was suggested was Pentagon and Phoenix. And I said, it's too gimmicky. I don't want gimmicks. And then right after that, it was, what about LAX at the time, Santana Ortiz. And we had met briefly, you were on the first cruise, but I didn't really know you guys and didn't really know much about you and all that other stuff so how did you guys hear about about the inner circle yeah like uh we had started talking with the with cody and the bucks a while back maybe like i mean we we got really cool on the first cruise and stuff like that and and uh you know working with each other and we noticed we all had a chemistry together and um yeah like a little while later, you know, they contacted us asking, you know, when our time was up with Impact and stuff like that. And and um, they pretty much threw at us what, what that huge idea was and that uh, we were going to be a part of a group with you. And, and uh, you know, we were going to be doing this, what we're doing now. And, and um, you know, we, <laughs> Ortiz and I, we, um, we've said this before, but we've bonded and become, we became pretty much a tag team after reading, uh, uh, lion's tail and really yeah and um that was that was the the start of it what he uh ortiz had read it first and then we were working together at the time and uh he was like yo check this out read this and i read it and i mean we were like this is the blueprint this is the uh what what we felt we needed to follow to get to where we wanted to get to and um and yeah, so the fact that uh, when they came to us and they gave, they threw that idea and, and we were like blown away. We were like, holy shit, this is, this is awesome stuff. You know what I mean? And just uh, especially like reading all the stories and, and, you know, watching your whole come up and just respecting your, your whole career. So it, it was pretty good stuff. Yeah, we wanted to be a journeyman and, and do it all, wrestle everywhere before we signed with a big company. And um it, it, it really you it made the decision real easy for us to come to AEW. Plus, the uh, tag team division is stacked, so we were like, "Yeah, we want to wrestle the best in the world, so we could become the best in the world." So, yeah, the rest is history. 
And, and like you said, it just fit for me too. Cause it, like I said, right from the start, you guys just look like, cause I didn't know what I envisioned. I just envisioned a tag team, a young upstart, and then just a big killer. And when I saw you guys, I was like, and from the cruise, too, but these guys just look like thugs. I think the first time I was like, he's a street thug. He's a, he's a ruffian. And that kind of fit the look of what I was thinking. And then the final ingredient was, was of course, it was Jake who we had worked together, a few, you know, many, many times in, in the WWE, but we, you know, as you do in wrestling kind of lose touch, but what really kind of got you in my brain again is that we were both training with uh, Josh Rafferty at Dave Batista's uh, uh, gym, his MMA gym. And that's when you started getting into Bellator. And I was like, that's really cool. Cause I think I remember even asking you, have you, do you still wrestle? Are you thinking about wrestling? Are you thinking about getting back into the business? Because we talked about it at the gym, right, right, Jake? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was funny because my journey to AEW kind of started when I was really uh, not one foot out of pro wrestling, but my my bigger focus was on MMA at the time. I had the the first fight in January of nineteen, and uh, you know, throughout all the interviews with that, I kind of felt like AEW was coming around, and so I would always want to like tease it with interviews and then after the second fight which was in may of um 2019 right before double or nothing you know we, we just got done with the fight and we had we threw a bunch of teasers out there with some interviews and then that's where we ran into each other at dave's gym and uh we uh, really started like button heads about it yeah, and it was interesting because one of the ideas was they wanted to have a guy called Anthony Gogo, who I think is signed with us now. Uh, I think he's a boxer from the UK. Obviously, he's stuck in the UK right now. But they were they were saying, what do you think of this Anthony Gogo guy? And I said, well, he's never wrestled. And I said, how tall is he? And they said they wanted him. He was like 5'11 or whatever. I said, no, I need, I need a, a big guy. And I got, I got the guy. And I, to- I approached Tony Khan. And the thing about Tony is he is beyond a fan he's very smart he's very as we as we all know he's very uh uh almost bullish he knows what he wants and he also knows his guys i said what do you think of at the time you know swagger and he's like i always love jack swagger i think you know i always thought he was great i said i think i can get him he's the guy he's the guy and lo and behold you guys worked it out and you can still fight in bellator and and when you know when the COVID is done you will fight in bellator again but in the meantime your career is completely, you know, skyrocketed oh. as a result too. So it was a win-win for everybody. It changed my life, no doubt about it. Still remember it. And then a thing I like about the Inner Circle now is, is if, remember the very first week when we had our big run-in, that's when Jake came out, it was the second week. We just look cool. Like nobody dresses the same, but everybody's got a certain vibe to them. Like I just look at pictures and go, that, that's a cool-looking group of guys you know what i mean and and we look good but we also look hard there's a little bit of craziness in there i think that's another reason why it works because from a from an aesthetic standpoint even though we all come from different places we really do fit together it's definitely very cool to see where we were back in october and to see where we are now because we definitely have like vibed together and like really gotten to know each other got to know each other's strengths and like yeah. really really become close i feel like no i agree do you feel the same way santana yeah 100 percent. i feel like uh just the way all of our personalities molded together as time went on and how we all we all uh maintained our individuality but also with the inner circle we're like a well-doing 
machine and we're all on the same page. So um, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like you said, to see the pictures from when we started to now and just go back and watch the, uh, the first episode and watch through all the way to now is, is pretty dope stuff to, to see happen in front of your eyes. How's it for you, Sammy? Like, you know, Santana Ortiz had been an impact and kind of been in ring of honor and around. And, and of course, Jake had been in WWE as I had all around the world. You were coming in just as, as a very young guy to the business. Was it kind of intimidating at the start to be in AW and be with us, or were you ready for it? Well, I mean, it's uh, you know you never know until you get the opportunity. And uh, I remember, yeah, like you said, like Santana Ortiz and Impact, Jake Hager, you, and I'm like the youngest one there, the least experienced, and so. I felt like I had some big shoes to fill and uh, that just made me want to work even harder. Every match that I was in, I'm like, all right, I'm in this, this badass group. Like I got to show out, you know? Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'm doing the job for you guys. Uh, the first thing I said is like, you got to get rid of that stupid panda head. <laughs> you mean, you mean this panda head right there? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. How about this? You guys remember this in, uh, in DC? Um, the first night we were doing, the, we were going to have our big thing and Jake was going to remember how we couldn't find Santana and Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you guys know, I was like, these, these motherfuckers are pulling a double cross on me. Did they sign with Vince? <laughs> and we were even like, we, we got to get like, I said, is Penta and Phoenix around? <laughs> so what, what, what happened that night? You guys, we couldn't find anywhere. So uh, the the photography guys and the guys that shoot a lot of the you know the ID stuff and, and stuff like that they they saw us in the locker room, and we weren't doing anything. I think everyone took a break from from putting stuff together, and uh, they were like, "Hey, if you guys are free, we need pictures of you guys and and some ID stuff." So we're like, "All right, we're we're not doing anything." So we left with them, and little did we know that where they were set up was on the other side of the arena. <laughs> so. So, you know, we're ready in gear. We're ready to go. And none of us had our phones on us or anything. And, uh, yeah, so we went to go take pictures and and, and shoot a bunch of stuff. And uh, we came back to everyone almost (laughs) having a heart attack. It was pretty funny. (laughs) Yo, I remember remember Malenko looking at me like, you almost got me. You almost got me. I remember I was thinking too, like these Conan's guys, they're always late, you know, what the hell's wrong? The Latino guys just show up when they want. And I think we even had a chat the next week where I was like, guys, you can never do that again. Like, I don't know how things are in this world you came in before, but in our world, you're on time. Yeah. 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 What were you thinking, Ortiz? Uh, yeah, I, I felt like a little kid that day because we were scolded. <laughs> I was like, damn, we messed up on our first day. Of course. But like uh, in true Conan fashion, uh, fashion, we needed to be a Mexican time. Right, right, so, right. Well, yeah. he, he also spent the first six months trying to get in as your manager. I'm like, they don't have a manager. They're in the inner circle. Yeah, bro, but they need a manager too. Well, I'm the manager. Get out of here. <laughs> It's interesting, too, because it's something that I'd like to point out that you know, we started this the very first episode of AEW, October 2nd, uh, 2019. And the cool thing is, and we use this in our promos even, and said we never have ever had a crossword amongst us, uh, bubbly bunch notwithstanding, when Ortiz headbutted Sammy to start the Manitoba Melee. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Never hit each other with each other's moves. Never had any. Pro- <laughs> There's the flim flam that Jake still remembers it. Um, but but th- that's the thing that's so cool about our faction is here we are eight months in and still haven't lost any steam whatsoever. Still heals. Still got great chemistry and great cohesiveness. In other wrestling companies, if if something lasts eight weeks or eight days, it's a big deal. But for us, it's like we haven't even brushed the surface yet. It's a pretty rare thing in, in, in this business. I think that's the exciting part that I feel like there's still so much that we all have to offer and, and give and bust our ass with. So I'm excited to see where, where things go and how we all develop and right. looking forward to everything. Let's talk about some of the highlights of the inner circle over the last eight months on Dynamite with AEW. Uh, and while you guys think about some of those great moments, I'm going to tell everyone about the Omaha Steaks great moments that you'll have in dinner. It's an awesome limited time Father's Day offer, which you, you can take advantage of by going to omahasteaks.com and entering Jericho in the search bar. It's going to save you 55%. Check that out. 55% over half price off on the perfect gift for any dad this Father's Day. Uh, my freezer is stocked with Omaha steaks. I typed Jericho in the search bar just as the pandemic hit and stocked up. And now that we're a little more than halfway through the, that order, actually there's been a couple orders, uh, I told my family to go ahead and order me another one of these uh, Omaha steaks uh, and make it a Father's Day pack. Actually, as a matter of fact, we just had the sirloin steaks last night. Um, we had the burgers, which are just amazing, and a couple of the pork chops as well. But here's the Father's Day pack. Let's look what you get here for just $79.99. Four naturally lean top sirloin steaks, hand-carved and aged at least 21 days for tenderness and flavor, and they were both, oh man, it tastes so good, super tender. Four boneless chicken breasts you also get, four gour- gourmet jumbo franks and kibasa sausages, a package of all-beef meatballs, Four potatoes au gratin. My family loves those potatoes. One of our favorite sides. Whenever I get yelled at for not making sides, I uh, go cook up some of those uh, potatoes au gratin. Uh, Four caramel apple tartlets. Those are great too. They're so amazing. And an Omaha Steaks signature seasoning packet. So for the dad in your life, uh, he's going to get all this delicious food and a free pound of steak cut bacon as well. I haven't tried that yet. Of course, it's all going to arrive in time for Father's Day. And it's only $79.99. Dad will be eating like the king he is. So this Father's Day, send Dad the gift he really wants. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Jericho into the search bar, and save a whopping 55% when you order the Summer Sizzle Pack for $79.99. Plus, you'll get free steak cut bacon with your order. Take care of Dad with omahasteaks.com. Just type Jericho in the search bar. Get the Summer Sizzle Pack for just $79.99. omahasteaks.com. Father's Day present done. Siled, sealed, and delivered to your door. All right. What are you, some of your, your highlights uh, from the last eight months of, of being in the inner circle uh, and the stuff that we've done? Sammy, anything come to mind for you? Yeah, I mean, the the bubbly bunch just recently, mm-hmm. you know, that was like, uh, I feel like we all got to work our creativity on that. That or there was something that happened in like December. I don't know what it was. Maybe we we're just all hanging out backstage or whatever, but I just felt like, wow, this is, you know, the beginning we're all starting to get to know each other, but I don't know, maybe around there is where I felt like, you know, this is my group Chemistry. right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I felt like we all started to vibe off each other more. I likened it the other day to a rock and roll band. When you put together a band, you don't really know what you're going to get. And that's where you have the great, it's all chemistry. You know, if some, if somebody like, if they said tomorrow, okay, uh, you know, Sammy's out and, you know, Pac is in, it'd be like, 
that, we don't want that. Like this is this is the band. This is the classic version of the band. And, and I see what you're saying because I think that was it. If you look October, November, December, there was some real cohesiveness going on. And I remember the one week that I missed when I was in Jacks. Uh, you guys had New Year's Eve uh, in Jacksonville. I felt like I was like I was missing out. Like I got to be with the inner circle. I got to be with the guys, man. You know. Um, how about you, Ortiz? What stands out over the last eight months? Uh, I mean, other than obviously the stadium stampede, right. that, that definitely is the peak at the moment. Cruise, the cruise was great. Just oh, being all yeah. together on the cruise and, uh, yeah, just vibing on the cruise. That, that was definitely one of the, the better moments. Although I barely saw Sammy at all on the cruise. He, he was <laughs> I was, I was hobbling around on the cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Santana had a great night on the cruise. I don't remember anything about it, but uh, you used it a promo. We, <laughs> we solved all the world's problems and then forgot <laughs> forgot it all the next day. <laughs> all I know is that I ended up in my room at eight thirty in the morning, and I was like, "Thank God I, I woke up here." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what stands up for you, uh, Santana? Honestly, uh, it's been a lot, man. Like we've been, you know, fortunate enough to to do so much within the eight months, but um. That day one, man, I, I still look at that picture when we're all standing in the ring mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, the Capital One Arena. And just uh, that whole day, that whole experience, um, you know, us coming together. And like like you said, that first initial picture, we looked so bad at. Yeah. And uh, just just the whole moment, like, uh, you know, having my family there and, you know, the, the crowd was rocking and, and just – Everyone, like, I remember looking out at the crowd when we were all standing there and everybody's oh, like, yeah. holy shit, like, this is, a, this is a pretty badass group, you know? Your family was there in Washington? My whole family was there. Including your father? My father, funny, my father was supposed to be there, but he wasn't feeling good. So he gave my, he gave my ticket to uh, uh, my grandmother's friend. Gotcha. Well, you, we, you lost your father this year yeah. and we all uh, appreciate that and stand behind you on that. But that's cool that he... He heard about it and got to got to feel it and be a part of it. You yeah, because that's the thing too. Until you're on national TV, your parents don't really understand. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Now 100%. you're on TV, right? Now you're on TV. Like, ah, it's real. How about you, Jake? I did double or nothing stampede. Um, the bubbly bunch stuff that we did during the quarantine. <laughs> um, your match versus Moxley at Revolution um, really stands out to me. Um, and yeah, just like, I definitely feel like I've gotten to know each one of you on a different level. Like oh, yeah. I've had, I've had great conversations with each one of you and it's like, yeah. it's just so cool because like, honestly, every Wednesday night stands out to me because I get to come and work and be a part of this. Yeah. I agree with you, man. Like you said, we, we keep saying it and it might sound a little bit schmaltzy to people listening, but this is really special because there is five guys from complete and we didn't like. Jake and I knew each other for years, hadn't seen each other for a while, didn't know any of you guys. And here we are, you know, all with the same mindset. And, and we're going to talk about the stadium stampede. It's another reason why it works so well is we all have the same uh, opinion on wrestling. We understand wrestling. We love it. We understand the fun side of it. We know how to play it funny, but we also know how to play it serious and the difference between the two. It's a pretty rare thing. And, and, and none of us knew this about each other first starting out. So um, to me, the, the opening promo that we did, wow, wherever yeah. that second week was with the Spanish God, which was just on the fly, all that stuff was just made up. <laughs> and then of course, when they started chanting, we, the people, and we shut that shit up, yeah. boom, 
<laughs> I'll never forget that, man, because that was like, don't try and mess with us. We are serious about this shit. Yeah. You know, and I think everyone was just like, Jake, tell the story that you just told the other day about when we sat in the front row that one time for Moxley versus uh, Jeff Cobb when the fan yelled at me. <laughs> so we, we bring in Jeff Cobb and um, we come down to the first row uh, for the beginning of the match. And this is back when we had audiences, um, but we will be back soon. We'll be back soon. And, and this fan was having a, a really great time at our show, a really, really great time at our show. And <laughs> he started having too great of a time around us. And I've known Chris for a long time. This isn't the first time that I've seen this happen. Um, <laughs> he, he just said one thing that was, um, you know, inappropriate, offensive, disrespectful. And um, Chris turns to a guy and says, I'll knock you the hell out right now. And seriously, the kid just goes, I'm sorry, Chris, I'm drunk and I'm just trying to have a fun. <laughs> you gotta you gotta he, love it he goes he goes i'm gonna sit here and heckle jericho the whole time i'm gonna i said if you say one more word i'm gonna knock your fucking teeth down your throat you understand me i'm so sorry i'm drunk i'm drunk now meanwhile i know i got <laughs> i got jake hager right beside me i think all of us are sitting up that's the time when when we we're up in the in the in the one box in the luxury box yeah and it was a little bit too high so they had a ladder to take us down uh this might have been this, this this might have been Moxley versus Santana, I, I, one of the two. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the ladder was there. Oh, that was so uh, Santana Ortiz are in the ring, yep. working with Moxley, and me and Jake and Sammy are up top. This is a different time. And and as soon as the moment happens, Dispenza gets the ladder ready. Sammy's over the top like a gazelle. Jake's like nine feet tall. He's over the top, <laughs> and I'm the f- loser that has to hold on, guys. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Uh, another one that I really love too, and once again we can keep saying it till the cows come home that if only there was people in the crowd. But when the night in Salt Lake City, the last night when we had fans, when we did that angle with Nick Jackson where we slammed the 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 the, the, the garage door down on his head, like that that was great stuff. And it's always five on one. We've been very good. We did it with Moxie too, five on one, you know, five on two, five on three. And that's what good heels are. We never, we never win, you know, one on one. It's always when it's five on one or five on two, and that I think that's what that's an understated thing about the inner circle is like we don't ever forget about the fact that we're heels and we're a pack. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I mean, we got the numbers, so why wouldn't we use them? You know. Well, yeah, you know, the, the Moxley. Another great one was the the weigh in with Moxley. That was all cool and. Oh yeah. You know, well, the thing we did with Tyson this past week was was a lot of fun. How how was it for you guys with the, with the whole the whole Tyson uh, situation? And I I was looking across the ring at Vitor and then Rashad Evans. I didn't even know he was going to be there. And I looked at him and I was like, "Yo, that's Rashad Evans." I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> I was like, "I need a knife or something. I can't take these guys on. <laughs> legit." Jake is the. I'm yeah. about to stand behind Jake and be like, "Yeah, get him, Jake." <laughs> I, I was a little intimidated. I'm not gonna lie. At one point, I looked at Ortiz after look because I didn't know all these guys were coming out with Tyson. Right. Like, so at one point, they're all lined up in front of us, and I look at Ortiz, and I was like, yo, I need a clean pair of drawers. (laughs) Uh, I think it's about that time. (laughs) Yeah. It it was on that level because I was trying to feel them out and be like, hey, what's up? And they were all trying to act like, hey, you know, it's going to go down. 
You know? yeah. <laughs> well, Belfort said to me, because because once again, like Tyson's there and he's got this rogues gallery of murderers and I'm not a <laughs> UFC guy. So I, w- once again, and I didn't know, this is no disrespect, Henry Cejudo and, and, and Rashad Evans. I knew Vitor Belfort, but I thought, who's this big Russian guy? Apparently he's from Brazil. So we're talking to him and I'm trying to explain to these guys. These guys all have dead eyes. They're just like looking at me. And there's no planning. There's no rehearsal. There's no script. They're going to do whatever they want. And Vitor is like, uh, so I'm like, it's just going to be a big, like a big, I use the word riot, not knowing that two days later there really would be riots. But I said, I just want a big riot and a big mob scene. And Vitor's like, so do so, so I double leg somebody? I'm like, no, 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 no. No one's doubling. I said, as a matter of fact, there's a, here's what I said. There's a big, tall, blonde kid with me. He's a big, tall, tough, blonde kid. That's the guy that you go with, okay? And I told Jake that, and I went and introduced you to him, and he totally big-leagued you. He did. What the? (laughs) (laughs) Bro, Bro, I I was ready after that. Let me just say, I had to remind Henry and – I had to remind Henry that, like, I was at Oklahoma when he came there for a recruiting trip. Wow. And then I wrestled against Rashad Evans uh, in 2003. So, like, I'd let these guys know that, hey, we're right there. I didn't know you worked with Rashad or you wrestled with Rashad. This is amateur wrestling. Amateur wrestling. Yeah. So, he was the 174-pounder and I was the heavyweight. So, we didn't wrestle each other. But we went up to Michigan State and uh, it was his senior year. So that's what I mean. So, okay, so Vitor is, we got Jacob. So these, these guys all come to the ring. And listen, we know we've got our little, once again, it's, it's a classic inner circle. We're giving presents. We're goofy. Jake, Jake's poem was great, which, by the way, uh, was not written by anybody but Jake. It was his idea. Uh, no approval necessary. Amazing. But then we turn it on a dime. What can I get for you, Chris? I want Mike Tyson's head on a platter. If there was a crowd there, oh. So when these guys come walking out, and once again, we I talked it over with with Mike. The original idea was for Mike to knock out Sammy, but that changed. Um, these guys come out, and we had talked to four, and there's like eight guys. <laughs> and I had added a couple of of the young boys, uh, Musa and uh, Grim. I wanted some some of our guys in there, so if someone needs to take a punch, they go down. And there's a couple guys in there. This is the the, the the Gooch. Gooch, oh this, baby actor friend Bro, of Tyson's that I had never met. You, Chris, you duffed his life. <laughs> I saw that clip like 23 times. So so <laughs> I'm standing face to face with Tyson. I got Jake over here and there's, I think Sammy's there and there's a lineup of guys and right out of my, as you guys know, when the fight's going down, you're looking at the guy you're fighting with, but I'm looking here too. And I'm seeing this idiot. I can tell, okay, this guy looks crazy. Rashad looks crazy. Kahuta looks like he, but this guy looks like a like a skinny, fat, <laughs> dumpy idiot, right? So lo and behold, when Tyson starts taking off his shirt, so does this doughy, fat, lumpy idiot. And then when the push happened, of course, Tyson was. I was supposed to push Tyson first. He pushed me second. There's none of that. It's just Tyson going off. And if you see me go, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm saying it to him like, Kate, like in between lines, hold on. So then when he takes off his shirt and pushes me, I push him back. Here comes the gooch, and he comes at me. And I'm just like, okay, that's it. And, dude, I grabbed his head straight at the table. 
and we're off and running. And you watch that back. All of us are just losing it. The Gooch gets, he's getting slapped around and smacked around. And <laughs> Sammy's on a scooter, but now he's just running around. It was the, the Vicks. Place. The Vicks healed me. <laughs> no, it's the Vicks. <laughs> That's what my abuela says too, man. <laughs> and Jake's just walking around just like, like Godzilla. But, you know, it was, it, was, it was a great segment because of how crazy it was which is what we wanted. You don't have Iron Mike out there to do fancy, you know, choreographed spots. It's just one big riot mob scene lunacy. And we got a hell of a lot of coverage for it. And, you know, hopefully we can do more with him. And he's got a squad. We've got a squad. So hopefully that leads to more stuff. Yeah, I thought you said it very well in that Sports Illustrated inter- interview. Is like you bring Mike Tyson in because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And we want that. That's that what makes it real. Yeah. And it was real because even like we're looking at the at the uh, time and there's a minute left to go. So I send the message down the line. Bring Tyson back. And he's a pro. He comes out. He comes the second time he came out. He looked even crazier than the first. I thought he was coming that second time. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> if he starts throwing hands in here, <laughs> I'd be pulling the gooch in front of me. <laughs> um, but that's one of those things too, though, that like if you, if your parents or, or your brothers or friends, I mean, everyone was commenting on that. Did you guys get a lot of feedback from, from the whole Tyson thing? Man, my entire family. Like I grew up watching boxing in my family because my grandpa. So like we grew up watching Tyson fights, Tyson Holyfield when he when he bit his ear. Yeah. I can still remember being with my grandpa to this day. And so all of them were just like, Oh, you were in the ring with him, holy cow. <laughs> Same. It was it was it was awesome. Like um everyone hit me up and well, especially from being from New York, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was dope. Like same like Jake, I used to watch uh, a lot of the old Tyson fights with my grandfather and stuff. He he would always uh, record them on VHS, and uh, we would always watch them together. So it, it was pretty special for for my family to to witness that. It was, it was cool. He's such an iconic figure that just being out there with us was a big deal. But it was a big week for us for sure because once again we had the stadium stampede. I mean, what a what a spectacle it was. I want to know what you guys were thinking when we were all out there figuring out what we could do on the Thursday uh, before we taped it on Friday. But let's get into the making of the stating stampede after I tell you what I did after that night of filming. I got home about 6 a.m. I got back into the hotel room. I jumped in the shower and grabbed my cryo-freeze CBD pain relief roll-on, rubbed it on my elbow, my knee, my lower back, and you're going to hear why I needed it in so many places coming up in the show. Uh, But anyways, I know a lot of you guys live with chronic pain and that sucks because chronic pain can really affect your whole life. It can prevent you from relaxing, getting a good night's sleep, even from exercising, all of that stuff, playing with your kids. And that's where Omax Health comes in. If you need immediate relief for that nagging muscle and joint pain and long-lasting recovery, then you need the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD roll-on developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription triple action pain relief roll-on is specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. Imagine what this and DDP combined can do together. You should buy them both today. Check them both out. So CryoFreeze is 100% natural. It's CBD powered and it works its magic within 10 minutes of application and the relief lasts up to eight hours much longer than those other over-the-counter products, which also smell kind of bad, too. You know that Tiger Bomb smell. CBD has none of that. CryoFreeze has none of that. And that's why I take CryoFreeze to all my AEW Dynamite live shows and tapings. Immediate, long-lasting relief without that smell. And that's why 
Omax Health is giving you guys 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. And uh, Omax Health is actually giving you 20% off any product site-wide as well as uh, 20% off the CryoFreeze. Just go to omaxhealth.com and use my promo code Jericho. That's O-M-A-X health.com. Use the promo code Jericho. You get 20% off CryoFreeze and any product site-wide plus free shipping. Go check it out now. I guarantee this really works. It's made my life a whole lot easier, and it can make yours uh, easier as well. What were you guys thinking? Because I remember when we we got there on Thursday, and originally they wanted us to tape Thursday night, and I kind of said we need Thursday just to kind of figure out what we want. I remember my analogy was like if we need an elephant, uh, they might say we can get you an elephant on Friday, but we can't get you one on Thursday. So we went in there on Thursday to kind of look around, and... I remember just walking in the stadium and going, okay, it's a stadium stampede and there's nothing in here but a giant empty field and a giant 80,000 seat empty stadium. Not a lot to work with at the start. What were you guys thinking when, when, we, when we first pitched that idea and, and when we kind of first got there? Uh, Sammy, what was your thoughts? Uh, my first initial thought was it's a stadium, you know, when, when will I ever get an opportunity to jump off a stadium? So uh, I remember I texted Tony. I was like, hey, I will legit jump off this stadium. <laughs> and I don't know if he thought I was kidding or what because he didn't reply. And then I remember a couple of days later, I texted him again. And I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll jump off the stadium. I'm serious. <laughs> and then he hearted the message. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, now he's solid at least. That's a big Tony Khan uh, text response, heart. Yeah. You send him a big, long text this long, you'll get a heart. <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when we got there one day, if you guys remember when we did the street fight in the concourse, so the idea was, so, so the world of AEW was within Daly's place. The street fight was to show the concourse area, kind of the connection, the bridge between the two, leading to the open mouth of the stadium, which is when Santana Ortiz returned. We got our big victory, inner circle behind us. What's going to happen next? So when we got there on, on Thursday, Sammy comes up to me and goes, you see, there's a big staircase that goes from the concourse up to the top of Daly's place. He's like, yeah, like, how about I fall off that staircase? I'm like, <laughs> and what do you land on? He goes, well, you know, we'll, we'll put a pad there, but then we'll take the pad and I'll just be like on, on the, on the ground, on the floor, like on the, on the concrete. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think this is, WWE, where they throw you off a rooftop and you just get up the next day? No, you're not getting thrown off the staircase, falling 30 feet and landing on the cement and just getting up later. So, no, and we're not doing anything in the concourse either. Now we're in this world. Um, what were your thoughts on the, on the concept of the match, uh, Ortiz, uh, considering that it's never been done before and there's nothing to go back to and uh, judge it against and get ideas from? Uh, I, I was excited, anxious. And just, man, I remember just feeling like a kid in a candy store, especially when we started walking around the uh, the whole entire stadium. And there was so much to play. But when they brought it together on Friday, I was just like, oh, my God, this is going to be fun, like really fun. Mm-hmm. When they started bringing out all the gimmicks and all the stuff on the sidelines and just, yeah, man, I, I, I wanted to go back and do it again. I'm, I'm ready to do more. I feel like we <laughs> had we didn't even touch the surface of what we could do in, in, in this stadium. It was... uh. Yeah, it, it, I was just anxious and overwhelmed at the same time. It, it, yeah, I was really excited. And like I said, it's such a rare thing to be involved in the first ever of something in pro wrestling because everything's been done. And I was in the first Elimination Chamber. I was in the first Money in the Bank. 
So I know the feeling of like a stadium stampede. Like we said, we can't go back and, and look at a previous one, but yet we have this whole empty open canvas. So I remember we started talking with the guys and then somehow it turned out, okay, the one thing we knew, I love the fact that there was a ring in the middle of it, like for no apparent reason. So, because <laughs> my original idea that, that Tony liked was there has to be some kind of rules to it. Like you can only pin somebody in your half of the stadium, like in your end zone or whatever. But then we realized it's just too far away, which is where Sammy getting Northern Lit, not Northern Light Suplex all the way down the way was because at least there's one version of this. But um, we started talking and the only idea that I had was I wanted like this, because Cody had sent me a picture of an NFL entrance with the fire. And, and I was like, okay. And then... We were originally, I shouldn't even say this, but we had an idea planned for the blood and guts. We were all going to wear uh, uh, similar outfits. We, weren't, we won't say what they are because we'll save that for later. But I thought, well, let's keep the same idea and we'll all wear football outfits. Great, we've got that. And then we'll do this big Game of Thrones kind of two armies just, ah! And we'll do that. And then we could do that. And then after that, I had no ideas. So that's all I had. <laughs> I thought it was great because like you said, you know, no ideas after that. And it just like all of us kind of came together and the ideas made it from there. Right. Absolutely. And that's one thing I love about it. And I have said it quite a bit this week is that we had 10 guys because, because the elite guys are the same. Um, they have a certain mindset to what wrestling is. It's a little bit more left field than, than me, but we have that element too. And we showed that with the bubbly bunch, which we can talk about after and just the, everything that we do, that, that first week when Cody did that, that, that piece where he's in the, 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 cha- the, the <laughs> calm chamber or whatever and DDP's talking. And I was watching like, you got to be careful with stuff like that. But Cody can get away with it because he's such a baby face. But as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, okay, I got an idea. And we played that so straight, which is what we wanted. Jake wasn't talking and I kissed Sammy in the cheek and, and, and we got Soul Train Jones and you got Santana Ortiz with all the stuff that you guys were saying. He was wrecked or whatever you said. <laughs> it just worked so well. And that's when I was like, it reminded me when I started working with Kevin Owens. There was something about him. I thought, I think this guy's got the same idea as I do. And then we start working together. That starts to blossom. And we have that with all five of us. And so does the elite. So all 10 of us got together in a true collaboration. That was the beauty of it. No one came in with a piece of paper. Okay, we'll do this. This is, it was just kind of like, what do you guys want to do? Let's start talking. So Matt wanted to go to the goalpost. And I thought, well, I'll stick with Nick because we're the ones that slammed Nick's head into it. Sammy can come with me. And then you guys, Ortiz and Santana, ended up getting the 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 task of going up to the swimming pool. How did that come about? Do we know the pool was there when we got there? Or how did that all come together? Ortiz was the first one to point out the pool hmm. uh, when when we came in and we were looking around a little bit because we had gotten there um, like early uh, and we were just looking around the, the field and stuff like that. And he pointed out the pool. And then um, I was like, yo, wouldn't it be funny if we try to recreate a, a similar version to the New Jack City scene in the beginning with uh, hanging Matt upside down off of off of like a platform <laughs> over the pool and, right. and stuff and so uh and, and then when uh Chris went up there to check it out at the Spenza he was like oh it's only three feet so we we're like all right well maybe 
that would be uh and then tony was like no diving in the pool yeah that was like listen it just is all the ideas that we had the only thing that tony ixnade was pushing the wheelchair into the pool that was the one thing he was adamant against yeah yeah but yeah because i remember you said that you want to hang somebody over uh you want to hang somebody over the edge or whatever it may be. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But did you guys say, okay, we'll take the pool and, and grab Matt and Kenny? Or it's very organic how it happened. But did you actually say, okay, we'll go up here because I know that me and Sammy and the Bucks are going over that way. We'll see you guys later. Yeah, because we we automatically thought of Matt because he has the the history with the Lake of Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And that was the the initial. I was like, oh, this would be a perfect opportunity for him to. Uh, you know, come out of the, 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 the pool as a different, you know, a different gimmick and stuff. So right. that was like, I was like, we have to like do that. that yeah. And, uh, Ortiz. Just to play off of that. It, it definitely just came together with, with Matt in the broken gimmick. Uh, it just was a perfect fit and it gave us an opportunity to show our, our comedic elements and uh, just kind of have fun with it. And I just, it, it was everyone that I talked to, especially in my family, they, they, they found it hilarious. And that was the point that I wa- we wanted to get across. I love that somebody said, unbeknownst to the inner circle, somebody uh, transported like a hundred gallons of, of water from the Lake of Reincarnation, <laughs> yeah. Matt's house in North Carolina, and took it to Jacksonville. Uh-huh. It's funny too. Here's another great story. The moment we walked in, as we know, Kenny, Kenny's amazing. He's a very unique thinker. And we, we walked in the stadium. The stadium is huge. And right in the very little corner, top corner, there's a bell. If you walk into this view, the bell is like 0.0001% of what you're going to see. The moment we walked in the stadium for the first time, Kenny goes, oh, look, there's a bell up in the corner. Someone should get their bell rung. And I was like, how in the how did you see that? Like, I'm like, where? He goes, where this right there? Like he walks in the first thing he sees, not the goalpost, not he sees this little wee bell in the corner, which leads to one of the great spots, which we'll talk about. But now, Jake, how did you end up being the guy going to the bar? You know what? What really was cool about the Stampede is like it just kind of seemed like the different places that we all went to. It kind of was a cool way to fit our characters into it. Yeah. And so it made it more relatable, I feel like, for an audience. Uh, first of all, Ortiz, can you really swim? Is it or was that <laughs> so? Uh, what is it? Uh, Merry Men in Tights, the uh, Robin Hood, uh, uh, Men in Tights, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Merry Men in Tights. So, little John, there's a scene where he's in a puddle and he's like, I can't swim, I can't swim. So, that's where I got the idea from it. So, yes, I can <laughs> swim. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I still haven't seen him swim. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I could make it to the edge of the pool, let's just say that. That was so great when. Just so you guys know, Ortiz is a kind of a quiet guy, but his comedic skills, selling in the ring, all that stuff you do, it's 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 genius, man. I'm, I'm, once again, I've not knowing you guys, the stuff that you sell, um, when you get your bell rung and the the sell job on that still makes me <laughs> like, it's so, with his wet hair and it's like this big moppy, just genius, genius stuff. So uh, great, great, great stuff there. So, so let's go back to the bar fight with Jake. Um, so originally we thought the, the bar was going to be close to the pool. So I went up uh, with uh, Santana and Ortiz with those guys, but the bar ended up being in a different location. So it kind of like, like originally thought we were going to have some other people in there, but then it kind of just made sense that it was just the cowboy and uh, the killer go in there. 
And um, just as like the ideas came about, it just really became evident that it was going to be him and I in there. And it really became cool, the stuff that we could do with it. I remember it was like the, the only thing that popped in my head about that one because I, I was off and I couldn't make it up to the pool, but it was in the area where the bar was. So I was just kind of hanging around listening and watching. And, and I was like, the one thing we have to do is right after the lunacy of Santana's locked in the ice chest and Ortiz gets his bell rung and there's Lake of Reincarnation and Kenny goes through the fence and all this crazy shit is going on that it's like, and scene, quiet. Which leads to you walking down the hallway, you go sit down at the bar and, and like, you know, like just the way you guys did it, you know, there's going to be a fight. Okay, let me finish my drink. Well, give me one, two, drink and then fight. I just love the, uh, the tone shift in that. That's when it became a real kind of mini movie to me like a movie would be. It just wouldn't be fight, 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 fight. It was like stop, recalibrate, and then you guys just went gangbusters. And you guys got that whole fight scene in one take. There was no redos. It was great. Amazing. It was so good. It, it really was incredible because I was definitely stressing out all day about like, you know, having it look the way you needed to to fit the part. And I, I love how it came across and it looked very real. And I promise you, Chris, Inner Circle, that's the only bar fight I've ever lost. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> the best part, too, is uh, um, and keep in mind, too, and this is not a bad thing, but we hadn't seen Hangman for two months. We hadn't seen Nick and Matt in two months. You know, it was kind of a little bit weird, but <laughs> you're dragging Hangman over the, the bar and they put tons of baby oil on the bar to get him off. And I was like, dude, you're going to slide right off that thing. Not exactly what happened. That baby oil didn't really help much, did it, Jake? Man, like, I mean, that's one of the things we were so excited about. We are like, oh, we're going to do all the classic uh, Western, Western bar fight stuff. You know, the big uppercut into the pool table, uh, the pool cue, and then, the course, the bar slide. And so once I got next to that, I was like, how the hell am I going to run his ass? Like, <laughs> Like, I don't know if you see it, like, just to carry him from the pool. Yes. I had every inch of the hangman in my hand on this side. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine what I had in my hands to get him across that bar. But, dude, uh, I think about halfway through it, uh, the baby oil kicked in, and it it wasn't too bad. But I was definitely, like, chumming my feet. You had a handful of hangman is what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was a long news, ladies. <laughs> All I kept thinking about was Roadhouse, the movie Roadhouse. Yeah. And uh, when the hell is Terry Funk going to pop up and, and uh, make a cameo? <laughs> They're already smashing all the liquor yeah. bottles. Get rid of the liquor bottles. <laughs> so let's go to Sammy Guevara, who, in my opinion, was the star of the stadium stampede in so many different ways. Uh, we're going to do that quickly. But first, we're going to say thanks to our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. A home today is so much more than it was yesterday, but at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. During these challenging times we're all experiencing, the top priority at at Rocket Mortgage is the health and safety of the communities they serve. And while things are changing quickly every day, one thing that will never change is their team's commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience possible. That's why if you need mortgage support, their team of experts is here to answer questions and offer solutions. They understand that hardships happen and they are here to help you. And whether that means working with you to save money on your mortgage or finding a new way to navigate payments, if you have questions, the team at Rocket Mortgage 
has answers. They know how important your home is to you because you are important to them. If you need mortgage assistance, the home loan experts at Rocket Mortgage are available to help 24 hours a day, seven days a week from their home to yours. The team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. So visit rocketmortgage.com slash Jericho to learn more. That's rocketmortgage.com slash Jericho. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. So let's go to, to in my opinion, the star of the show was, was Sammy Guevara. Uh, and this all started in the street fight when Kenny had the idea of, of, of the golf cart chasing you because the original idea was the golf cart would knock me down you'd come to me they'd do a little turn and knock you down too and then as you do you go away and come back and say no Sammy's gonna run and of course Sammy takes the most ridiculous bump of all time and you have to tell us about that but they, I mean you know what you're doing but that bump just looked fucking insane well I mean if you're gonna get hit by a golf cart I was like screw it let's just go all in with it and hope for the best and hey uh I think I can add stuntman to my uh, resume now. Shit. Well, you definitely can. They they put that into the beginning of the show now. I'm in it like three <laughs> times. The golf cart, the one-wing angel, and then the 630, the derby. Did you give him the 630? Yeah. Okay, well, you're one up on me because if, if when I was in the WWE, I was in everybody's Titantron entrance video getting beat up. <laughs> I'm talking everybody. If Funaki's coming out, he's punching me in the face. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You get a lot. You get a lot of uh, fame and fortune from being a bump man, Sammy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so tell us about the whole horse thing, like because once again we, we come back, uh, the horse is out. We know that Hangman has this horse entrance, and dude, I'm sorry, you're getting chased by a horse. <laughs> now he can say, "I'll slow it down." If the horse goes, "I don't like this guy's jersey or his hair," I'm gonna run him down. Like. You were never close to the horse, but dude, that must have been kind of something interesting to to think about. Well, before it started chasing me, you know, we had to move the the mascot because it was kind of like... Oh, it was freaking him. It was spooking him? Yeah, because at first he didn't want to run. And uh, so we had to move him. And all I thought was, okay, now now the horse is pissed and now he's really <laughs> going to trample me. So I was making sure I was nowhere near. I was running for my life legit because I didn't know... If, if the, the little Jaguar uh, mask got scared him or whatnot. Did you have a backup plan if you got too close? Uh, maybe turn left or right. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's, what, that was, that's what I advise anyone who's getting chased by a golf cart. Just turn left or right. Or a horse. My daughters are 13 years old, and they watch the stadium stampede, and they're like, why doesn't he just zigzag? Just go this way. What's wrong with him? <laughs> it's, the, it's the deer in the headlights. You know, you just don't know what to do. You just run. Right, right, right. But that was such a great scene, and it was one of those things where we've built Sammy Guevara up to being this like this bump guy. But that's like I said, give you give you a year, you'll you know you'll probably turn on all of us and be the biggest babyface <laughs> in the place. But it all started f- from all of this. Now, what ideas did you bring to the table? Because I think I was thinking of ideas for you. All of them were for you to get beat up in the end. But that's kind of what gets guys over in in your position. Yeah. The the big finish, like originally I was just thinking of, you know, jumping off and doing something. And, uh, so that's kind of what my thought was, was like, okay, I could do something cool. But then, uh, 
that kind of that changed. Jumping off onto the field, jumping off onto the field, onto that big wooden box thing they built. Right. But yeah, that that changed not in so much in my favor. You know, I was like, I'm going to jump off and do something cool, and then it, it changed to. Now, what if we do something cool to you? To like, you, right, right, oh, right. No. Well, it was, it was cooler. Right? <laughs> it was cool looking yeah. back. <laughs> My favorite part of the whole thing, and, and, and I'll go through the thing I did with Nick in a second, but when, when, when I do the thing with Nick, and when I did the thing where I hit him with the yard marker, <laughs> and I said, that'll move the chains, that's from a Saturday Night Live skit that Adam, Andy Samberg used to do, and because he his Mindset is that repetition is laughter in comedy, no matter how stupid it is. So he's a sportscaster. It's like, and then he takes a field goal and runs down the yards. That'll move the chains. <laughs> and then the next play, he does a three-yard pass. That'll move the chains. And I just always remember that. So that's where that, that'll move the chains came from. And then I had the dumb idea uh, uh, of uh, putting the witch hat on again <laughs> and then turning around turning around and getting super kicked. So I get super kicked into the field goal practice net. And I just take like a, like just a total fallback. Cause I think the net's going to be stronger than this, but it didn't support me. And also when I fell back, I landed right on one of the bars and I felt this like washing warm sensation all over my rib and I never get hurt. And this fucking thing almost killed me. I couldn't even get up. I thought I broke my rib from the witch hat spot. And it's like, <laughs> it looked nasty watching it. But how does it even happen? Oh, watching it live, I remember that bump specifically. And I like it made me, you know, pop out loud because it was such a like remarkable bump just the way you landed. It wasn't supposed to be that remarkable. And you almost took out your whole tent, <laughs> your whole blue tent that you and Aubrey went in. The the mascot was uh Nick Jackson's idea. We should get a mascot and you can hit it. So we tried to get one because we had a lady from the stadium. Because here's another thing that, that I'm sure you guys know, but for people that don't know, we weren't just dealing with AEW rules. We were dealing with the city of Jacksonville because they own the stadium. The cons lease it. And we're also dealing with the NFL. So any kind of things that we had an NFL kind of uh, 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 rule watcher and we had a city rule watcher. So all of those people are saying, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. So that you couldn't hit the, the, the mascot. But then they brought the mascot in and Tony said, it's cool. And the guy was into it. And his name was Alex. And I said, Alex, I got this move where I basically give you an elbow to the face. I said, it's not going to hurt you. And he goes, you want me to put my, my, my helmet on, or my mask on, my head on? So he puts this giant head on. And the thing is so big, I tattooed him as hard as I could. I bet you didn't even feel it. Because there's much padding, right? And then the uh, the uh, uh, replay was Tony's idea, and Tony must have asked me a hundred times, "Are you doing the replay call? Are you doing the challenge call?" And I, I don't know football. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. I had to Google challenge call <laughs> and see when there's a bad play, the coach has the right to throw the red flag to get a re a replay. I didn't know that, so we did that. And Tony asked, uh, "I said we better make this good because this is the one thing that Tony wants to see." And as Jake knows, as long as you make your boss happy with the things that he wants, you can get away with whatever else you, you want to do. So then the last one was the, um, the sprint up the stands by Nick Jackson and running down. And the reason why I wanted him to do it, because he was into it, but he's like, oh, it's so long. I'll just go halfway. I said, no, you got to go all the way. Why? Because it's never been done before. We've never seen this. <laughs> we've never seen a guy run all the way up the steps, run all the way. And you know, you run down the stairs, he's got to watch it. We cut it to make it look. And when he jumped off that ramp uh, uh, to hit me on the table, when you get hit on a table, it breaks. 
that's your that's your fall. This table was set up in sand. So when he hit me, the, the table, I just went. <laughs> so, like, it's just like, oh. and with my already messed up ribs from the football thing. Anyways, that was a great part. Take Jericho, put the line over top of me with, with his spray paint. Uh, and Hangman had to, you can see, he gently lifts it up over my ball bag so he doesn't take my balls out and, and rightly puts it over my face. So then I'm gone. So going back to Sammy, favorite scene of the whole whole movie. Sammy's crawling after taking, you know, 100 yards of Northern Lights, passes out until the sprinklers go off. What a great scene. A sprinkler hurts uh, when it hits your face that close. It's, it's not too good. I was going to say, I thought you were blinded. <laughs> but the best was that you kept, you kept playing into it. Like the sprinkler went off in your face and then you would turn and the other one would slap you in the face and then the other one would slap. So it was perfectly done. But once again, great, great comedic timing because, you know, that was one take. And we found out. So anybody that's an NFL fan, where are the sprinklers? Uh, they're on the 34-yard line, uh, the 50, the 34, and on both end zone lines. And the sprinklers are spaced every 60 feet across the field. And you could just find there's just a little wee hole where the sprinkler head comes out of. Which was almost impossible to find because we just had a horse like run on the field. So there was all these tiny little holes everywhere. Well, and not to mention, this is getting late. We filmed it from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m., 5 a.m. Yeah. And then we had uh, about uh, a 60 minute period when it was a torrential downpour. And you were done yours already, Jake, and Santana Ortiz were done. You guys might have even been gone at that point in time. But me and Sammy and Nick and Kenny, we had to do this whole extra thing. And it was getting close because at 4 a.m., when the rain went away, they said the sun is coming up in an hour and the fire marshal's getting pissed for all the, the uh, explosives at the end. So we were really under the wire at that point. Yeah, and uh, with the rain, that what people don't know is the thing with me and Kenny, we're standing up there, but that whole platform was just soaked wet. Wow. And so, he, like, hats off to Kenny because he has me above his head, and we're walking to the edge, and all I thought is right here, this is where he's going to slip, and this, this, this is it. where the very last move, and this is where something's going to go wrong. You know, it's funny because we tried to dry off all those surfaces. It was the same with Nick Jackson running down the steps and then jumping up on the railing. Yeah. We tried to keep it as dry as you can. But obviously when there was just been, and this was not just a little bit of rain. It was a torrential rain. Yeah, I have a video of uh, just behind the scenes of just, just pouring down rain. And there was a huge puddle too on top of that wooden like platform they built that me and Kenny went through. So when we finally went through it, just all this water hit us. <laughs> all this cold, cold water hit us. Yeah. <laughs> What a feeling that must have been, though. It was like a feeling of uh, I'm alive and also now I'm cold. <laughs> but more happy I'm alive. But so many great moments, like we said, because of all that. And 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 I think people, when they see, like, we turned that in at 5 a.m. and basically had three hours to edit it. So what we saw actually on the actual pay-per-view was, was, was the edit that none of us had seen. I, I had worked with them earlier in the day to kind of help with the edit and tighten some stuff up. But, the, but that was it. I was the only one of the 10 of us that kind of saw the second last cut. The last cut was the one that we saw. So just a, a great uh, shout out to our uh, technical team for all of that stuff, for sure. And you know what the worst part? Like I took all these moves from everybody, very beat up the next day. But the worst part was uh, jumping up onto the platform me and Kenny went off of. My shin hit the little corner of it. Right. 
yeah, I hit the sh- my shin hit it, and then the next morning I woke up and it was it was all blown up, big balloon. You sent me a picture. It was gross. Yeah, we all saw it yeah. in our little inner circle text group of all the stuff you did. I might fit up too is when you finally. Oh, I was gonna say this when when the sprinklers are hitting you and wake you up. My idea was there's a movie uh, by my friend Eli Roth called Cabin Fever. It's a great horror movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it or not. And at the very end, there's this asshole. He's been he 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 distances himself from his friends. It's actually a virus that's going around, that's killing all of his friends. And he 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 finally he's put a a, a kerchief over his face like this. And he's like, "Get away from you guys! I'm leaving." And at the end, like everything's done, everyone's dead, and the it's kind of the last thing is he he comes out of the forest and he's like, "I did it! I did it! I'm alive! I did it! I made it! I made it!" And then all these cops that think he's infected just shoot him oh man so that's what i wanted to, to show I, we had no internet i was going to show you the scene sign but you you nailed like i'm the last man standing i did i did it and then the motor comes on and you're just like oh shit and then just ptsd flashbacks like i'm oh, not again but then once again you're taking off running with this this these idiots behind you and you jump that fence like a gazelle like, straight over the top yeah didn't didn't get hurt uh jumping that fence then jumping this other one that's Four feet, like. But once again, overall, I mean, we knew when, and like I said, I'm not sure when you guys split, but there was there, they showed a rough cut of the edit during the rainstorm, and I think it was right after Jake's uh, Jake's bar scene, and that's when all of us watching were like, "This is something really special." Like I remember that feeling, like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is genius." Uh, when did you guys start catching on that it was going to be as cool as it was, Santana? I didn't know it was being edited as as we were going. So when we find when we were all sitting in in by ringside watching on the, the monitors, I remember <laughs> I remember looking at Ortiz and like wow, like we we really pulled this off. Like it 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 couldn't have been done any better. And uh, I knew that once it aired, everyone's phone and everybody was just going to be bugging out over it because the fact that we all all ten of us had so much input and so many ideas and how each each and every idea came across perfectly and everyone executed their their stuff so good i i left i was going to pack my bag and i remember packing my bag and thinking like yo this is this is definitely going to be something special i was excited for it to drop already just to see the the reaction it got how about you ortiz yeah same way i i was thinking this is either going to go really good or really bad and (laughs) and then the final product when when I finally saw it and we were all sitting down watching it, I was just like, this is really cool. And just, just seeing all the other uh, people's reaction live. I felt like I was watching a movie. Like we were all sitting down mm-hmm. and it was awesome just to see people's reaction because usually we're in a match, we're wrestling and yeah, we feel a reaction and we can see certain people's facial expressions, but to kind of sit back and kind of see how people are reacting to it. And it was just awesome. And then when we saw that rough cut, it was just, yeah, I, I had the same feeling. I was like, yeah, man, this is going to be special. And then seeing the final product, I couldn't be more happy with it. I mean, of course, we can go back and nitpick certain things and maybe think we could have did things better. But overall, I loved it. It was great. But you, Jake? You're, you're on mute. Unmute. Unmute your mic. Oh, there we go. There you go. Cut that out. All right. <laughs> honestly after after your guys' street fight with uh kimmy and matt um it really opened my eyes to this thing that we had found and we had this conversation with tony about how we 
created the stampede because of the situation we were in and honestly the opportunity that it presented and it really like the next day after it opened my eyes like oh my gosh we can do all this stuff and it can work i was like man this could be amazing and then that first day that thursday when we're all out there with our shirts off on the field and just looking at everything we had and just going over ideas it just felt like everybody was on the same page and we're very excited yeah it really was kind of like i said kind of the perfect example of what true wrestling is and that's why when People are like, the few that are bearing bearing this match. It's like, how could you not understand the entertainment value of this match, right? I mean, is it not like okay, it's not uh, 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 you f- Funk versus uh, Briscoe, but it's not supposed to be. It's the stadium mm-hmm. stampede, mm-hmm. right? It's not, uh, and that's why Nick and I even did a headlock. It's like, well, if anybody's pissed off, we'll just do a tackle <laughs> drop down spot. That'll shut them up. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> What did you think, Sammy? When did you think it was going to be uh, as good, as classic as it was? Uh, yeah, when we saw the the rough edit, yeah, I knew it was going to be something special. And uh, I remember texting my girl when it was all over, like telling her to make sure she watches the pay per view to watch the match. And I told her I was like, this match is it's gonna it's about to be very talked about. Like, yeah, you know, whatever match you end up watching on the show, make sure you watch this one because a lot of people are about to talk about this. And how cool are those picks with the inner circle with the football uniforms man. on, man? Man, hey, we stole the show. We may have not won, you know, the match, but we won best dressed. That was Sammy's original ideas for the for the yeah. trophy. I said participation trophies are better because that's what they give the kids now. He won best dressed. <laughs> but the cool thing about that was so so I. Text QT, QT Marshall, and said, we want to do uh, football uniforms. Um, And he said, okay, cool. So he sent back. Now, what I did not know, not being a huge football fan, is that the numbers are on the front of a football jersey and on the back. And I said, well, can we make it kind of a combination of a hockey jersey and a football jersey where our logo is on the front and the numbers on the back? No problem. Dude, that guy had 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 a picture a design back to me within like a day and a half like that. And a day and a half after that, he sends me a picture of him wearing one of the UFO. Yeah. <laughs> That's how on it they were. Numbers wise, 27. My dad was number 27 for 10 years in the NHL. Sammy, 93, because that's the year he was born. <laughs> Jeez, that's creative. Very creative there. Would you guys, because I asked you guys, what, what number, uh, what numbers did you want in Santana Ortiz? Uh, that was a throwback to LAX, 5150. Ah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. ah, 5150. Great Van Halen album, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake? Uh, 72 was my high school number that I, I got my scholarship to Oklahoma wearing. So. All right, that's cool. I thought it was very cool that 72 was uh, opposite of uh, 27. So I was like... You're, you're the yin to my yang, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had a tear right there, guys. <laughs> it's funny, too, putting on those pants. Like, I, I, I didn't even wear knee pads because I did not know that football bottoms have those pads built in. I, I, that's the first football uniform I've ever worn in my life. <laughs> I felt so cool. I've never worn one, yet. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't one of those guys to play. So, yeah, I, I didn't have to wear my knee pads at all for sure. I think my <laughs> wrestling gear is going to be those pants from now on because, like, why wouldn't you have pads like that? How comfortable <laughs> were they too, right? <laughs> they made my app look great. I almost could have fit mine on. I was like, is this – are they ribbing me? Oh, it's like, I legit I, – I was in the hotel room trying to – They were too small? Yeah, I was like, they're definitely ribbing me with these pants. <laughs> 
And then Ortiz, Ortiz was like, no, you just got to break them in. Like, literally, they're going to they're going to rip. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess. And then he was right. They ripped. And that's how I put them on. <laughs> I think I got Hager's uh, shirt because my shirt went down to like past my waist, almost to my thighs. And I looked at the rest of you guys and the rest of you guys look cool. I was trying to tuck mine in and it looked like I was wearing like a mini <laughs> mini skirt. She had, he had the, the abuela gown on, the nightgown. <laughs> <laughs> My abuela told me so. <laughs> the whole thing, man, was the special part about the whole stadium stampede thing was like my dad was the biggest football fan like I, I've ever known. Yeah. And um, this being uh, presented to us and this whole idea coming about was almost like a sign that he's he you know he's around like yo this this is so something he would have thought of and and enjoyed and yeah and been so hype about so like what are the odds that this comes about and and you know me thinking about him and and just a coincidence alone and i was just like yo i remember after we filmed it and going back to the hotel and like i was like damn yo like you you got one yeah (laughs) you know it's pretty cool because once again i never I never took it that way at first that we'll just incorporate football stuff, but it just organically started to happen. Um, and I, I think that's another reason why I love it is like, even on Thursday, we didn't know what to expect on Friday when we filmed it. But once we started going, it was like, this is, everyone was just kind of on the same page of it. And it's actually pretty funny. Cause like I said, we finished at we finished at five, 10 or something. And the, and the, and the uh, fire marshal was leaving at five 15. I'm done. Yeah. Because if you look, we had the cheerleaders, we had the drum line, but they started dropping off like flies. Because at the end, the idea would be when the when the when the elite wins, the cheerleaders would think they were gone. They said they said we out of here. <laughs> so um, we finished at five ten, and, and that's why I had the, the 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 white spray paint all over my face and down my shirt. I'm like, I'm not gonna wash it off. I don't know if I can wash it off. I'll worry about it later. So I walk into the hotel at about five thirty six in the morning. And there's a group of pilots and stewardesses waiting to go to the airport. And here comes this lunatic. My eyes are beat red. My hair is all over the place. I got half white face. I got a dented baseball bat in my hand and a football uniform with a white line. I just look at everybody. I go, it's been a rough night, guys. The best is that we incorporated baseball, hockey, fighting, everything, uh, freak, everything, <laughs> soccer, NFL, Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> war, war, dance. You know, it was is it was definitely a little bit of everything to anybody, and that's what I, I say. Like even with this Mike Tyson thing, if we continue on, and hopefully we can, wrestling is all shapes and all sizes, and there's always a way to make it work. You could do pure comedy to a freaking hardcore death match, at everything in between. And I think our, 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 I don't even want to say match, our segment, our piece, our... Short film. Yeah, short film. That's our short film. I had all those things. And Tony's like, we got we to gotta submit it for an Emmy. We're going to win an Emmy for this. You know, excited. <laughs> We're going to win an Emmy. We're going to win an Emmy. <laughs> uh, last question for you guys. Uh, it's been so much fun. We could do this all night. But um, uh, by the way, my favorite thing is when Jake had his uh, phone on silent when he muted his mic, and you just see him yelling at everybody. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and Ortiz has showed us his whole apartment as well. He's walked everywhere. So. Uh, we, I had to, uh, I had to move around to get better reception. I okay. have really bad Wi-Fi reception, <laughs> so I'm like, can you hear me now? I'm moving it around. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the stadium stampede? 
whether you were involved or whether you weren't involved, what, what stands up for you the most? And I'll go first. For me, the bar fight was amazing. Sammy, I did it, I did it, turn around to the car. And then Ortiz's bell selling was just so genius. One of my favorite things I've ever seen in, in my life. I loved it. Uh, great, great, great stuff. How about you, Sammy? Um, them Duncan, Matt Hardy, and him coming as different versions of himself. Yes. And then the underwater camera of him doing the, yeah. the Hardy Boys thing <laughs> and the V1. And when they see the Matt fact, when Santana Ortiz see the Matt fact on the side, they're reading Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what you were looking at in the rough cut. I'm like, what are they doing? And then, oh, they put the Matt fact there. No, that was that was definitely my favorite part of the the whole thing because you know because I, I, I remember we watched the rough edit and they did the Hardy Boys thing and then watching it live on the on the pay per view I didn't realize he did it again underwater did the V one <laughs> thing and uh, yeah so it popped me twice. <laughs> Who do you think Santana? Oh man, um, so many so many good moments. Damn, I love the uh, the sp- the spray paint deal over <laughs> that Hangman got you with. Yeah, freaking the bar fight was amazing. Sammy dying in every scene was amazing. <laughs> uh, like I said, one week we we're going to just wheel you out in a body cast. <laughs> but um, honestly, like overall, I feel like everyone's camaraderie just with the willingness to yeah. make this work and the same mindset. And, and that, that was my favorite part of, of everything. The fact that we were all on the same page and all willing and giving and yeah. wanting to, uh, not just build each other to to build this whole match and, and that was yeah what do you think angel uh for me definitely was the bar scene i felt like i was watching a jackie chan movie yeah adam page was a ninja and uh jake was like that big guy that jackie chan has to take out you know what i mean yeah and it took so much work to finally take him out and it was i think they capped it off perfect with the uh uh, with the milk and the whiskey at the end. I, I think the bar scene, it could have stand alone on its own. That's the show. For sure. The one thing with the, the bar scene, I thought it was going to be a gimmicked pool table that he slammed Hangman on. Oh. And then just watching it like thud. <laughs> rough. Oh, oh, shit. We would have definitely had to break after that one. I would have been like, yo. Uh. <laughs> oh, you heard all the air exit his body. as soon as no, they ma- they made you look like Andre the Giant. Like I just thought that was so cool. It was like like this ultimate big heel. And once again, we don't have to go into it. But in the background, I'm like thinking, how could how could WWE mess up on this guy? But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. But they, that was like the, the the smashing of the bottles, and it was great, man. What a, what a great scene. How about you, Jake? What was your favorite? Well, honestly, like the way you guys talk about it is, is always my favorite. I love the praise from the boys because that, that really means the most to us out here doing it. Dude, the uh, Santana Ortiz hop in the water thing. Like, come on, you're being a pendejo. I had to find out what a pendejo <laughs> was. <laughs> guys, I really thought it was Bendejo with a B, so there's a little inside. <laughs> but I thought that was great. Chris, the super kick into the net, I really <laughs> laughed out loud. And then Aubrey, the all, it's all good. And then the yeah. stuff with the replay tent, you know, that kind of like tied everything together that you've been doing with her for the last eight months as well. Right. And then and then Sammy, dude. Honestly, Sammy was the star of the show. Every, every bump he takes you become a bigger star. I feel like it. And uh, 
I'm gonna have to start taking these bumps because I'm I'm getting a little jealous. Please let's <laughs> trade. Let's trade one of these weeks. I don't mind. <laughs> Sammy always says that, and then the following week he's just getting murdered again. He always says that. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take the weight off my shoulders, no problem. He volunteers yeah. for it. He was so sad that he wasn't getting knocked out by Mike Tyson this week. I know. I wanted it. I even had. I even brought. I even brought him in the room with Tyson just so Tyson would know which guy he was supposed to hit. But Sam was standing right by me as I was talking to Mike, and I told Sam, I said, get back in the corner. Go back. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm the consigliere here. I got to figure it out. Uh, once again, guys, a great uh, example of what wrestling all is, uh, is all about. Great teamwork. And uh, when I say this, I said it from the moment uh, I, I, we finished. One of the best things, one of my favorite things I've been involved in in 30 years, and that involves thousands and thousands and thousands of things so uh and thank you so much for doing this this was a lot of fun man this is like kind of the modern the new version of the bubbly bunch we should just do this every week just to uh hang out and see what's going on hey there we go new new <laughs> podcast show there you go the flim flam oh yeah quickly before we go the bubbly bunch was santana's original idea to for us five of us to do something which then kind of morphed into all these things that we did uh, the flim flam was because my niece has been over at my house and I have 13 year old daughters, two of them. And all they're doing is TikToks. And they made me do the TikTok, And I was like, wow, we should do a TikTok. We can't call it a TikTok. Let's just call it a flim flam. Cause I had said something on commentary about some fancy flim flam. <laughs> so when we're putting together the dance for the flim flam, I got, well, I got two Puerto Ricans. I got another, whatever, Sammy's Cuban, whatever the hell you are. Cuban. Cuban. I got a Canadian and I got a big giant, you know, killer. So this dance move, it better be fairly simple. So I said, it was like, like this, like this. And like, <laughs> dude, that was so great having you guys send in your shit. And Jake's like, Jake, man, you sent me three takes. And uh, all of them were amazing. I got a lot of gifts, Chris, but dancing ain't one of them. And nor should it be. Nor should it be. We don't need a six foot six uh, MMA fighter wrestler dancing. That's that was half the fun of it. So, and I even I was so into. It. I'm like, this is going to be huge. I trademarked Flim Flam. I'm like, this is going to be the biggest thing ever. And like, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was fun. Actually, TNT did do uh, do your own Flim Flam. And then they would produce it afterwards with the same music. And they had to stop after 300 because so many people were sending them in. So we did, we did, we did have quite a reaction to that. So uh, the flim flam. <laughs> Good stuff, guys. Stuff that never would have happened if there was no pandemic. We're taking advantage of it and staying creative, right? So, mm -hmm. all right, boys. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, and uh, we'll see you in a week for another fun-filled edition of the Inner Circles Dynamite. What a great, uh, what a great time. Thanks, Chris. All right, Jake, though. Jake's got to take the bumps for me. <laughs> yeah, me, you're still taking the bumps. I, uh, yeah, well, and Jake, go back to yelling and screaming at whatever you're screaming. <laughs> you guys were too loud. <laughs> Give me more whiskey. Cheers, guys. Stay safe. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Peace. <laughs>